Let's put the rad in radical. If you're looking to expand your life, then you've come to the right place. We're Amanda, Ali, and Reina, and each week we're setting the scene to level up our everyday lives in all areas. Mindset, lifestyle, community, and more. And we want you to come with. What's up, everyone? And welcome back to episode six here on Let's Put the Rad in Radical. And can we just chat really quick about the amazing influx of posts and shares and tags from our last episode with the amazing Erin Trelor. We saw your raw posts, we saw your vulnerability and the way you were willing to put yourselves out there and it really blew all of us away. So keep it up. We love seeing the internal work that you're doing and just know that we're doing it right there alongside you. And today we're talking a little bit more growth, a little bit more expansion of self while we share our best practices with making anxious moments into a positive learning opportunity. But before we dive into the meat of this podcast, ladies, what's rad? What's going on in your world that you want to share with everyone else? I'll start. I am going to share today. I just, I'm going to start actually with a little disclaimer that I am not pregnant. Okay. I, my mom, my, okay. My share today is called mommy coffee. I'm going to show a picture of it here. So I ordered this on Amazon and then got it in the mail and then saw the pregnant belly. And I was like, wait, and didn't realize when I ordered mommy coffee, that it was going to be like a coffee for moms. And so the reason I drink this coffee and the reason I want to share it is because I had a very, through all my illnesses and things like that, realized that my body was very acidic. And so I stopped drinking coffee for that reason. And so I actually had a friend recommend this coffee to me because it's low acid, it's organic, and it's a very clean and natural coffee compared to some of the other ones out there. So I wanted to share it. I'll have a couple cups usually a week and it's delicious. Mommy coffee. Yeah, I'm glad you put that disclaimer in because if you guys can see the packaging, if you had shown it to me, I'd be like, you are, you got a bun in the there, oven. Yeah, yeah, and it, there's a little heart on the big there's pregnant belly. I'm like, this is, wait, what's happening? But that's interesting because as long as I've known you, like you always drank coffee. And so how did you kind of figure out that the acid, like that it just wasn't working? Because you definitely have pivoted and, and you're coming back home to the coffee world. Yeah, I missed the flavor. Coffee never did anything for me energy-wise. I have my pre-workout, which I love, but coffee-wise, it would always be either like, if it's cold and I'm out shopping, I want a coffee because it's kind of just like, make me put, put, puts me in the mood. And that was really the only reason I ever drank coffee. So I do it now. I just put a little bit of almond milk or oat milk in it and some stevia and good, good, good. Good, good, good. Uh, well, that's good. You know, as long as everybody knows, A, what it sounds like when you drink your coffee and what you are drinking, I think we're on a great path, Raina. So thank you for sharing both the sound effects and the coffee. Amanda, what do you got for us? Well, Raina, I would just really quick, how does it taste? I'd be curious to know. I mean, just, I mean it's, it tastes like coffee. Oh, okay. Well, exactly. There we yeah, go. And it's not super strong. You know, I'm, I hate, I'm sorry people, but I don't like Starbucks coffee. I think Starbucks is very strong and it's like really hard to drink. And so this is just very mild and you can get full caffeine, half caffeine, no caffeine. Love it. Love, Love it. the options. 
Well, my what's rad this week is something that has been really helpful for me for a while. So I feel really excited to share about it because it's something I use every day um, and specifically for the things that they're meant for. And it's actually sage wellness um, essential oils. These are um, something that I've been that I tried a few years ago and just found myself enjoying the headspace that it would put me in. And I found it, it fits super well for today's episode as well. So my favorite one is called stress release. I love to put that, I'll put that one in the palm of my hands, rub it really until it's nice and warm. And then I'll, if you could see me, I'm cupping my hands over my nose and my mouth and I'll take a really deep inhale in, hold it for five seconds and then exhale it out. And I'll repeat that maybe five, 10 times so that I can come back to myself if I'm feeling a little stressed and so stress release is definitely my favorite one the one i do have here as well is peppermint halo and what we i love about this one is this one is meant for headaches so instead of you know taking an ibuprofen or something i like to try to find ways to let my body process you know the the headache on its own um, and for this one what's been helpful is rubbing it over the temples uh, on my head and then also rolling it behind my ear and along the back of my neck as well, like this on both sides. And that really helps me with like tension headaches and, and um, it, it just sort of allows me the opportunity to not have to take an ibuprofen if I can, can go through it naturally. Do you find it helps more than like a peppermint oil or something? So I know, isn't that a thing? Isn't peppermint oil you rub and it's supposed to help too? I, I do, I, I can't sit here and say I'm an expert in this, but I do think that it's basically the same principle, just peppermint as a whole is meant to be helpful for headaches. So um, the fact that it comes in like a little roll-on um, uh, application applicator is really helpful. And also I bought this for when we were, went traveling. My man muffin and I wanted something really small that would fit in my TSA approved baggie when we were going to New Zealand. And so he is also prone to headaches. So when we were on a you know 16 hour flight but 20 hour travel day i wanted to have something like this right on hand that i could put in my carry-on bag so that's why i have this little tiny version here you know yeah. a perk of being your guys friend is benefiting from all of these cool canadian things that you guys get because the pacifica brands we've talked about i have the sage brand role on this one's tranquility right in front of me and i'm pretty sure you guys gifted it to me so yeah we did we're pretty we good did. Yeah, we're pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah, we're pretty amazing. We don't, we don't, I'm a big gift giver. And I know that um, Amanda and I, you know, when we thought about something to give you, I think it was like a, hey, thanks for hosting us gift. We were like, let's get her some sage for her stress. Let's get her to calm down. Yeah, let's get her to <laughs> calm the F down. All right, Ali, what's your what's rad for the week? Well, mine is, <laughs> guys, I don't think I actually shared this, but um, over the summer, I kind of made a promise to myself I was going to do a salad a day. And it was just a matter of me trying to get more, um, you know, plant-based foods in my belly. And it could be a tiny little salad, you know, just some spinach, peppers, a couple carrots and some dressing. I could make an elaborate one with, you know, some feta and strawberries galore. But um, as I found that the days are getting colder, you guys were kind of into that October, November, rainy, snowy time. I don't have the inclination at all to eat salads. I am, uh, my, my thing that is what's rad is, to be honest, I cook chili and I'm kind of moving into this like- We need a so recipe. Yes, I feel like I don't have the most amazing chili recipe and maybe this is something someone can share with me. DM me people. But um, I just wanted to share 
because it, you know, I have shared quite publicly that I struggle with a lot of things, nutrition and balance and um, ownership of kind of the changes that motherhood has brought unto me. But one thing is that I've found myself nutritionally moving with the seasons. And so salads are kind of not what I'm craving. And I'm just sharing that I made, I made chili and I'm starting to eat like oatmeal and blueberries and just kind of warm, healthy, yummy foods that make my belly and body feel really warm. I'm sure there's something Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic. Oh God, somebody help air. What, what is the, the, the Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic? Google, Google, Google. quick. God damn it. If there's, there is this um, you know, philosophy of hot and cold food, and um, it's a whole naturopathic medicine. I'll actually get this. Well, it is, uh, you guys, uh, the fact that I can't even pronounce it is not. It not, sounds super important. It does sound super <laughs> important, but you guys, honestly, it is a medicine thing, and it's also just something, I'm just feeling like I need warmth in my body. You know, and, it's the coziness. Yes. And so for whatever reasons, my what's rad this week is pivoting nutritionally in a way that is still healthy and happy and making my tummy feel really good. And it's funny because all of this sort of stuff used to cause me anxiety. <laughs> like this is kind of where we're going with this episode. Um, and I just want to keep a positive spin on these things that all three of us deal with. And I know so many of you deal with uh, but one thing that came up for me, and I don't know if you guys uh, have had this, is I thought my public anxiety, my nerves around doing something in public or being accepted kind of maybe would have gone away in my teens or 20s, but it reared its ugly head a couple days ago because a group of teachers at our school, they get together and play badminton on our lunch hour. It's socially distant. It's na na na. Well, I'm not a badminton player, guys. I know you probably think I am, but nope, there's no birdie and 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 I don't, racket, I don't even, see, I don't even know what the, the terms are, but the, the, the teachers were like, hey, Allie, why don't you play? And I have made an excuse for literally weeks. I was like, I don't have my shoes on. I don't have it, like, I didn't bring water. I don't know, because I was anxious to get on a court with my colleagues to be made a fool out of, even though laughter is my medicine. I really was in my way and I'm trying to put a positive spin on this like worrisome judgment that I know we've all had. And it's just interesting because even later in life, this anxiety kind of came up with around judgment, if that makes any sense. Well, that's something that I find really interesting is that you certainly have an extroverted personality. You thrive off of being around other people. You love what you do. I'm sure you love your colleagues and it's a safe space for you, but there's still always moments where these sort of, they're, they're like these old stories that bubble up of, oh, I, I, I'm going to embarrass myself or I don't do it as well as they do or what will they think if I you know, miss a serve? All these thoughts can pop into our head. And even though you're an extroverted person, it's, it's normal to still experience moments like these. So I thought that was really insightful for you to notice is that you've made excuses for why you can't do it when in reality, you're feeling a bit of anxiety around wanting to. So I would be curious to know, what would you say has helped you maybe come to those realizations? Like how, how did you realize that it was excuses rather than you know, maybe the happy medicine with, with laughing that you know you'd get if you said yes? Well, what's crazy is I actually have started, I, I know I talked to the girls about it, but guys, I started tapping. And 
this is something that I really would love. I mean, I do, again, like me trying to pronounce Ayurvedic medicine, I, I'm not an expert at the tapping solution, but it is all over YouTube. You can definitely do your own research, but it is a mixture of like Chinese acupuncture. Ah, what is in my mouth today? Puncture. Yeah. Acupuncture. acupuncture. Chinese acupuncture. Jesus Louise McGillicuddy. Let's go. So it's a mixture of that mixed with modern psychology and you start in different parts of your body. And I know I talked to Amanda about this and you take your two fingers, your like pointer and middle finger, and you start on like your karate chop part of your hand, like, hiya. And you would start there and you kind of work through about maybe seven to 10 zones on your body. And as you're tapping, you are kind of rebalancing the body's energy, uh, restoring uh, balance, and also talking those anxieties out. And the power of our voices is what has truly changed this. Because as I would do one round, you always start tapping and you stay like, even though, and then you add on what you're feeling anxious about. So even though I'm feeling anxious about playing badminton with my teacher friends, <laughs> I know that I am loved and it'll be okay. And then I say that again, as I go through these different um, meridian areas of my body. And then I also talk about why that actually is, even though I'm feeling nervous about being judged even though I'm feeling nervous about not being the best, even though I'm feeling whatever it is that is actually at the root of this social anxiety for me, I'm kind of working it out as I'm tapping and I'm focusing. Like when I'm breathing and focusing on these different patterns and I'm speaking at the same time, it is literally shifting my thought patterns. Oh, that's so powerful. Ali, now let's say someone who's listening, which our listeners are, can you walk me through the tapping pattern? Just pretend someone, you know, you literally need to teach one of your students where to tap. So you mentioned, you know, the, the section of your hand that's right along where your pinky is. So you'd start tapping there. And then I think you had shown me you'd start tapping on your forehead. Can you go from there? And can I ask, are you doing this in public? <laughs> <laughs> Or yeah. are you waiting until you get home to deal with this? Because I picture myself and, and I love this. And I want to continue on this train for a second because it's, it's forcing you to be completely and totally present. That's why it pulls you out of everything, which I love. But I picture myself being like in public, <laughs> tapping my forehead, looking around. Uh, rule number one is I am definitely not at the badminton court in front of the teachers, like tapping my forehead <laughs> and my karate chop places, even though you guys are making me feel jealous and worried and nervous. <laughs> no, this, so step number one is it's the same principle as meditation, right? I'm not going to drop down cross-legged in the middle of the gym and say, can everybody please be silent? I, the mama needs to take a couple deep breaths. The first thing is that I come to a clear, calm space. I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths. And you guys, sometimes in meditation, that's where I get lost. A couple deep breaths and I'm like making laundry lists and, you know, my mind wanders. And this is where tapping has actually helped me is because after those breaths, I start with the karate chop and I just start tapping there. And I'm just tapping as I'm saying my, even though I'm feeling anxious about playing badminton, I know I am loved and safe. Then I'm going to tap on my third eye. I'm gonna repeat the same phrase. I'm gonna to go to the side of my eye, like kind of your eye bone. I'm gonna go on my upper lip 
I'm going to go on my chin. I'm going to go kind of in your heart chakra or your collarbone. I'm going to go under my armpit. And then I start again with my karate chop. And so you're making kind of like this circle of energy, right? And so if you read all about kind of the, the Chinese medicine thoughts is that we have all these different energetic places and that when you activate them with our words, we actually can be more present like you were saying, Reina, which we're all here for. And the trouble that I have is that I just don't, I can't settle. And so I have found that when I'm tapping, I actually am thinking about the action that I'm doing and the words that I'm saying. And so, yeah, I'm in private, usually at night I'm doing this because it also really calms those anxious nerves. And so even if it's not on the Babington cord as my, you know, this, this nervous uh, social anxiety, like I was talking about, but it could be something like a stress with my partner. It could be anxiety around me as a mother. It could be feeling overwhelmed, overworked, uh, not living up to standards, uh, anything like that. That's where I'm going to need to sit on it and get clear on actually what is going on in my head. I don't know if that, does yeah, that make sense? Yes. Super powerful and, and so relatable. I feel we've all been there. I have absolutely been there um, in social situations. I've found that I have an out-of-body experience at times for how little I recognize myself, sometimes because of the anxious whirlwind I get caught up in. And so I really love that you shared this, this tool. And, you know, everybody, please understand that none of us are um, professionals in this field in terms of being a cognitive behavioral therapist or any of those things. We're, we're just trying to share maybe some of the tools that have worked for us. And so one that has worked for me was um, that I did actually learn from my therapist was how to handle my anxious moments, but that I can do anywhere. Or, I mean, look, this tapping technique can be done anywhere as well. Absolutely. There's just this particular method is a grounding tool for anxiety moments when like a balloon, you sort of feel like you're fluttering and floating away and you're getting out of reach of yourself. And this one has, I mean, I've been implementing this for over four years at this point, and I've loved it. Um, basically, it all involves the senses. The purpose is to bring you back to the present moment by tapping into your five senses. So it'll be, okay, sit down, have, you know, if you can't sit, you can be standing, and that's totally fine too. Um, but basically, it's what are the five things I can see? And you name five things you can see. What are the four things I can um touch and then maybe they're your whatever's around you uh what are three things i can taste what are two things i can smell and what is one thing i can hear and i'm don't quote me on whether or not those are the particular senses in those particular orders quite frankly i kind of mix and match i'm okay with adapting it for what my needs are or what feels right in that moment but the act of saying i can hear these five things i can see those four things i can taste these three things like that just walks me literally back into this ever presence in my physical being. And then that sort of helps me catch, think of it, those strings of the balloons that you're able to take back into your hands and keep walking. And that has been a huge tool for me. Anxiety to me sometimes feels like I'm thick in the chest, like I'm heavy. And so that's interesting for me to hear that yours feels like a floating balloon. So I think anxiety, I don't know, Raina, do you have like when anxiety kind of hits, I think it's different for everyone. And I love that we're just calling it in these kind of abstract vibey feels. And what's gonna be cool to kind of dig into is like, I love the tapping and I love what you just shared too, Amanda, 
it's all bringing us back to just stopping and being in the moment. But I love that we all three have different things because we didn't even talk about this before we started. And I was waiting for Amanda to share. And I'm like, well, what if she shares what I share? You know, and having that, that insecurity again in my head. And for me, it's really been breathing, learning how to take a breath. I heard for months from several people that I needed to slow down. And so after months of hearing that and now months of implementing that, breathing has been the biggest thing that's allowed me to really pull myself out because it is a heaviness. I feel that constant. There are some mornings when I wake up and it's sitting on my chest immediately. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I haven't even had a chance to like take a breath yet. And it's already there. You know what I mean? And so part of my morning routine being that meditation, it is the moment when I get to sit and take as long as I need to of deep breath of thinking in while I exhale in and out while I exhale out and just constant repeating of that. And my mind wanders. I wrote that down as you said that, Ali, and and I go back to Molly again, where she said, you know, it's supposed to wander and that's okay. And in this moment, what like I, I notice what that wander is because it's important, but then I bring myself back and just say, no, 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 no. still be here, be here, be here. And I do it until that heaviness is gone. I think that's so interesting. And I have that too, Amanda, I'd love to hear from you too, or our listeners, but it almost doesn't make sense to me that we wake up after sleeping, which should be our deepest, most calm, uh, restorative practice, which is our sleep time. And you wake up and you're anxious, which then makes me think, is this a fight or flight, right? Where your body is so trained that the minute that our eyes open, we think something must be wrong or something, you know? So for me, I think to myself, those, those first couple moments, like Amanda, when you talk about no phone, Raina talks about slowing down. When we talk about these self-care things, I think when you have anxiety first thing in the morning and you have that heaviness, imagine if you don't do anything to try to calm it. I was just going to say that. Imagine if you didn't do anything and you let that carry you through your entire day. It would catch up to you big time. And I, I think, Ali, sort of to answer your question is, yes, I did stop using my phone first thing in the morning because that anxiety was, you know, your anxiety is just somebody tapping on your shoulder asking for your attention. It's that part of you that is trying to keep you safe. It's trying to take care of you and make you aware of the things that are not in your highest good. And so when that heaviness within me was surrounded by, oh, what's that email say? What's that DM say? What is that person texting me about? That was a sure sign that that could have been a perpetual heaviness had I not chosen to treat anxiety as a teacher. And that's precisely what it has been. And I've always said, even on this podcast, when you're a student, you are in the best seat in the house, because as long as you're willing to learn, you can always grow, evolve and change. And, you know, hence put the rad and radical, right? But if you're not willing to do anything different, that heaviness will persist. So it's important to take notice, answer it, and do something different, which is why, no, I don't keep my phone in my room anymore. I want to touch as well on a moment I had where I was experiencing a social anxious, socially anxious moment. I bumped into somebody at a store. I hadn't seen this person in a while. And we were fairly close previous months, like months prior, but at this point in time, it had been a minute, like we hadn't seen each other for a little bit. And 
it wasn't the type of relationship where, you know, you kind of just duck and you pray they don't see you and you just keep walking. This was the type of friendship where you bump into each other and say, oh my God, it's been so long. How are you? And so that was precisely the energy that went into it, except that my body went into, I'm really anxious. We haven't chatted in a while. And I am the type of person that when I experience an anxious moment, I get chatty. I get super chit chatty. I am, I too am, am more of an extroverted person. I, I'm happily sitting, sitting as an ambervert, um, but that my extroverted side kind of bubbles when I'm anxious. And so I was just like, oh my God, look at that, that book over there. I really want to buy this and look at that candle over there. I really should go smell it. And what do you think about the weather? And oh, how are you doing? How's the family? And, and my man muffin was with me, P.S. at the time. And I kid you not. And he's very quiet, like tenfold compared to me, but he couldn't say a word. Nobody else who was standing in our little bubble circle in that in-store moment could, could sneak in any sound because I was so busy fluttering my little wings with saying just, you know, like mean girls, like word vomit just kept coming out of my mouth. And he just looked down at me like, what is happening? Is she malfunctioning or short circuiting right now? To the point that when we left the store, he looked at me and said, what was that? And I was like, I don't know. I was just so anxious that I did not stop talking. And he said, there's a little something that you gain by being quiet and just listening. And I thought to myself, wow. I mean, the people in your life can be a teacher just as much as the anxious moments. And ever since that, that moment, every time I'm feeling anxious, like I must fill the space to avoid an awkward silence, I actually choose to be quiet instead. And oh my God, is it ever a growing pain for a chit chatter like me? But I have found myself growing thanks to that because I'm a better listener, not just to the person talking, but to myself. And that has been huge. Well, I was just going to ask that, like in the moment, what benefit do you think you got from being super talkative. Reina, I would have been shutting down. I would have been dragging you from the store like, we have to get out of here. Yeah, Reina, zero. I gained zero percent chance of winning in the forecast. That was what I went down. Like, I, I felt awkward. They couldn't say anything. My man truly didn't say a word in the whole exchange other than, hey, it was great to see you. And she, like this, this friend of mine had a friend of hers and she was just dumbfounded. Like, she, she didn't say a single thing. So, I did all well, the she couldn't. She couldn't. Like, and it was me who didn't permit. See, and this is what the anxiety moment, that anxious moment taught me. It's a control thing. When I'm anxious, I try my best again to catch those balloons that feel like they're floating away and I'm spiraling out of control to try to hone in, take control of the moment so that I don't have to feel compromised. And that has been a lesson in and of itself. So nothing. I gained nothing and nobody did. But what I did gain, I, I can't say nothing, what I did gain was that self-awareness that has helped me go through moments of anxious word vomit spiraling and instead saying, can I be a better listener here? I would have loved to have seen what would happen if you and I, two major extroverts, came toe to toe on our chat, like, oh my God, like it would, people would back away and start placing bets, like, wow, these two, definitely <laughs> anxious, definitely over talking. <laughs> <laughs> but well, it is like, like I can, I can spiral. I can, my anxiety can spiral and spiral. And all of a sudden, the one thing that I was anxious about has turned into 15 things. And, you know, I'm wondering what you guys do kind of throughout the day. 
Do you have a time or anywhere during the day that, or if you notice, like, do you notice that when you're fatigued, you become a bit more anxious? Is there, is it before bedtime when you're reflecting on your day that, that, that anxiety, you're like, oh man, the would have, could have, should have start coming into your head. Is, are you guys first thing in the morning? Like where does anxiety kind of peak up for you guys? And then what do you do to get back in? I know we've talked about tapping and breathing. Um, any, anything else? You know, I get so glued to my routine that my anxiety, not just in, in getting away from in the morning, but I find mine is a lot of times when I have things that challenge my routine, right? Things that come in like calls that I have to do that are unexpected or things that deviate from the plan, things that deviate from my plan, which I obsess over, you know? And I think, um, I wrote down the fact too, I, I get a lot of anxiety too when I finish, when I start to wrap up my day, because that was a big struggle for me was flipping that lens between business and, and then taking that off and then putting it back on to mom and girlfriend and, and being home and present in, in that moment. So I, I do still to this day get a little bit of anxiety like towards late afternoon when I'm supposed to be winding down. And so now that we're finally in this house, one thing that's really helped is to put that personal development in my headphones and just spend 30 minutes whether it's outside or planting something or anything, I have been going barefoot in my garden and just sitting there and just no gloves. I actually use my gloves so much. I wore holes in the fingers of my gloves. That so, is amazing. That's savage gardening. That is It forces me to just say, nope, I'm here and just feeling my hands in the dirt. And there's just something magical that happens in the afternoons. I think it's called grounding. Like I've been yes. seeing this everywhere. I don't know why it's popping up for me so much, but I think, you know, getting your shoes off, getting into the, the land, whether it's your hands or feet, I don't know what's better. Is it hands or feet, but something you do, well, why get, pick it, one? get it, get it girl. I mean, like, I think that there's something about grounding and getting outside. And I think especially now with, you know, we've moved through this like lockdown quarantine, COVID is still here we are kind of finding ourselves in this four wall, uh, you know, confined space of our homes. And I know, Amanda, this was something you really had to think about um, and not to put pressure on you, but maybe you could share, but, well, <laughs> but getting outside the power of releasing that kind of what's going on in the world stress, which we are all still heavily in, um, but getting to that grounding and figuring out where your anxiety is coming from and where it's, you know, shifting to. I feel that for me, what's been powerful has been right at the beginning before all this stuff started going down, we did move. Um, and so I know that that's not the reality for everybody. We did end up moving into a space that was a little bit bigger. And so um, having that extra space was really helpful. Having a balcony that I could sit outside on when we had to really be at home um, was helpful. But we can still safely go for walks. We can still safely go for hikes. We can still, you know, find ways to be more connected to nature and the elements so that we again reclaim that um, presence. But one thing I wanted to mention that Raina sort of touched on was there's something that she does as part of her day that helps her come back to herself. And it's very physical, connective work. She does gardening, but for me, I paint. And so, you know, that can be painting or, or creative writing with journaling, or that can be playing a guitar, that can be um, sitting in stillness and using meditation as the practice um, with yoga flows. But 
the, the, the important thing I wanted to share here is don't neglect the fact of putting your phone down and plugging into some kind of hobby, something that makes you feel connected to that inner child that maybe you've ignored for a very long time. If you love to quilt or scrapbook or um, I, I don't know, there's some sort of artistic side that I feel Quite frankly, I'm, I know I'm biased as an artist, but it's, it's unparalleled. There's nothing like creating something, but how you create is completely up to you. I just know that it always helps with my anxiety. I feel like when you can distract yourself with your hands, your mind also gets distracted and allows you to kind of separate from yes. whatever's going on. That's right. Put your phone down and I promise you, you will find ways to create that feel far more connective to yourself and your highest being than holding it ever will. That allows you to bring yourself back to you. <laughs> I think as I look at everything we've shared and I kind of, I was trying to figure out, I'm like, how many types of anxiety are there? Like I keep going back to one thing and it is that we are constantly in this fear of something in the future, something that is ahead of us, whether it's five minutes or five years or 50 years, we are in this constant state of what's going to happen, which I believe is a huge cause and stem of a lot of that anxiety. And I think that's why we wake up with it because after years and years and years of, you know, insecurity, anxiety, or fear-based anxiety, it is just stacking. And if we don't deal with that and sit with it and just sit, it's going to control us. So I want to kind of transition that into our ready, set, grow. And I want to challenge you guys whether it is something that we shared or something that you've heard online, I want you to share something with us that you're going to implement to try to try to be that, that pivotal moment where you recognize what's going on, you recognize the anxiety, you're able to either breathe through it or tap through it. Or well, Amanda, what was your, what's that Mine called? Connected. It's just a grounding tool. A grounding so tool. sort of re-anchor yourself into your present feeling and your five senses. Re-anchor, whatever it looks like. I love that. And you guys, you could check out um, the tapping solution, Jessica Ortner. Ortner. I'm terrible today with my language, but um, she is one of the big teachers, tons of stuff on YouTube. Go look up grounding, like Raina just talked about. Um, go buy yourself a coloring book. Go to the dollar store, get a coloring book and some great pencils. And hey, mamas, papas, anybody out there, I have sat with my kids in the last little while and just colored with them. And there's not a lot of conversation, but we are creating and it has literally brought me back to a lot of happiness. And again, putting the rat in radical. I want to just say that we want to see all of your Ready, Set, Grow uh, posts, shares, likes. Don't forget to go follow us on Let's Put the Rad in Radical and subscribe to our mailing list so that you can get all the deets on when new episodes drop. And right before we close, I have a book recommendation for you. It's called How to Be Yourself by Ellen Hendrickson. And it really helps you connect to being aware of your anxious moments and how to grow from them. So we can't wait to grow with you and we'll see you next time.